Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Finding Our Way, our Southridge member podcast, helping people get the inside scoops on all things in the life of our church. And uh, one of the important inside scoops as of late uh, involves our recent congregational survey. And so to help process that, I've got Jeff Martins here with me. Jeff, say hi to everybody. Hey, everyone. We are, uh, we're continuing to navigate this coronavirus pandemic, and we've made the commitment, above all else, you know, no matter what we don't know, we've committed to navigating this pandemic together. And so I know recently, you know, in the past couple of weeks, we've engaged in now a second round of a community input survey. And so, uh, Jeff, it's great that you could speak into this, knowing that you've been kind of quarterbacking this process. Before we dive into the survey, um, any update you want to provide just on your own personal world? How's the fall season been going in your world? Yeah, you know what? The, fall, the fall's been good. It's been uh, super active and busy, which that has made it felt like a normal fall. Like lots of the, the, the busyness and, and activity has looked different, felt different, you know, had lots of different layers to it, like so many, so many of the, the, you know, the dynamics of our lives. But the pace, frankly has 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 felt like a refreshing taste of normalcy of of really trying to keep the gas pedal down and uh yeah and actually with that in mind our our family is looking to unplug for a week next week just actually heading up to an opportunity up north which i am really also looking forward to at the sort of in the midst of this busy fall pace so so yeah that's kind of the the scene in our world so you're basically trying to act like it's post-pandemic and you're well, we were we were regular routine of busyness and craziness and trying to go on vacation. And right, right. Well, we we were supposed to go for you. Supposed to go to Myrtle Beach, which obviously is not a not a thing, a non option. So uh, we're we're able to stay in Ontario, but if all things still go as planned in the next days, we will get away for for a little bit up north. So looking forward. Yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. Uh, and anything you want to say about your work world? I know we're going to talk about the survey in a moment, but yeah, you know. Well, this is the time where once we get to this stage of fall, uh, our team is is trying to connect with as many of the life group leaders as possible. Frankly, we've probably had more frequent connection uh, with them than we, we maybe normally would, which has been fantastic. At this point in the season, we're trying to have connections with life group leaders to, to really get a sense for how has the life group experience this fall gone um, you know, now that we're ideally, we've been, you know, somewhere around six to eight weeks into life groups meeting together. Now that has been way more customized and everybody's kind of come online at different paces, different times. Some are on yeah. meeting on zoom, some in person, whatever. But yeah, right now the, 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 what's been fun is we're starting to get that pulse of just hearing about how people are still growing and discipling in community, uh, as they seek to share faith friendships and relationships in the context of life groups. And this is where you start to hear some of those stories and kind of get a glimpse into what actually progress God is making in people through people, uh, you know, in this season. So, so yeah, that's been, been good. Um, getting into the survey, because I know people want to dive into this conversation. Um, you've been processing the results of this most recent online survey. Uh, first things first, how did you feel about people's engagement? I know that we got great engagement back in the summer. You and I recorded a podcast to debrief all that experience. Uh, talk about the engagement of this this time around. Yeah, um, I know that that for me was going to be just one measure and metric alone. Now that we have this, we're doing this sort of comparison exercise from August to, to now November. 
and was kind of curious whether we would get the same amount of response. You know, you're sending emails about these things. We're sharing it in the online service. It's on the website. You know, are, are people still going to stay in tune enough to, to actually get, you know, see this thing, find the link and, and, and take the time to fill it out. And this one probably started a little slower because right in, in August, we got like tons of response so fast. But what's been awesome is that now that we've given it a couple of weeks, just, just, uh, I think it was yesterday or the sort of the day before I compiled this info to kind of feel like, okay, we've, we've established the results so we can, we can debrief them. Uh, we surpassed how many surveys we had in August. So in August we had 407 was kind of the final number I worked with and 415 was how many I was at yesterday. And again, some of those represent couples and households. So when you think of just the core of our community staying engaged, wanting to have a voice in this, I'm thrilled again with seeing uh, people take the time to respond to this survey and 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 be a part of the conversation. So that's yeah, been fantastic. That's, that's, that is a huge metric. And, yeah. and uh, I mean, you talk about all the communication channels that we we deployed. Uh, we deployed those all hands on deck channels uh, the the first time as well. Yeah. And so it's not like you know we provided a little bit of communication at the beginning and now this time uh you know a staggering amount it was sort of an apple for apples and uh to hear that we're getting as much or even more potentially uh engagement this time is super super encouraging Mm -hmm. especially in light of some of the bigger conversations that we're 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 having right now um similarly uh what was the difference between i know you offered two surveys or two options. One was the two minute and one was the 10 minute. Talk mm-hmm. about the engagement between those two. Yeah, it was kind of, kind of similar. Again, last time it was like pretty much 50, 50 on the nose. This was, this would be relatively similar. I mean, I got the numbers right here. Um, there was, a, there would be a few more people that, that just went with the short survey, just sort of the, the quick and dirty version of the short survey, 217 responses to that one and 198 responses on the longer form survey. But but what's great is it, it gave those two options, again, again in an apples to apples way, we did that in the summer too, just to, to make it as accessible as possible. Did the same thing and saw about a, a 50-50 split between the two. Um, so I think give, giving us a balanced response where there's a whole n- a number of questions, some of the key ones we'll focus on were in both survey anyways, but for those that were willing to sort of take the extra few minutes to just chime in on a few more things, it, it's nice to still have a, a pretty good representative, you know, a couple hundred people respond um, to that, that longer form. So, yeah, that's yeah. excellent. Um, anything just top of list, high level uh, about this survey's feedback, maybe even compared to the last one that surprised you? Um, I think one of the things I was pleasantly surprised about would be as the surveys came in still how consistent those at least that are engaging at this level and voicing you know taking time to to voice to to add their voice to the conversation how consistently they are still engaging with the online service i know it's been such a long time that we've been at this and when it comes to worship and and sort of the gathering experience doing this online um you know, we've monitored the, the the views and things like that. And, you know, you've seen some, some change and some difference or whatever, but the fact that our core, you know, we had the, one of the questions was just out of curiosity, how often are you participating? The almost every week answer is still by far uh, the strong majority of people engaging, tuning in participating in that way every week. And probably the, the strength of that and, and, and how consistent that was maybe with a, a slight drop, but not much from the summer, I was, I was pleasantly surprised to see that because really didn't know if that would be as strong as it was in the summer. 
uh, yeah, I, I would say I was encouraged by that too. Uh, and we're going to talk more about this uh, later on in the podcast, but the, the, the fall season for me has felt very different than the spring or summer seasons. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered if there was going to be a drastically different uh, sort of vibe or, or sense of feedback and especially related to the online service. That was, that was very encouraging. Um, obviously the most critical piece or purpose of the survey feedback was to gain again, another season's worth of input on the reopening of our large group in-person Sunday worship gatherings. Uh, talk about what you feel we learned through this survey and maybe in contrast or comparison to the previous one again. Sure thing. Yeah, I, I think this this is also on, on those questions about, you know, services or the potential of, of uh, you know, reopening gatherings. I think probably we didn't totally know what to expect, but, but thought we might see that much more sort of change in opinion or change in perspective or, or kind of more to be debated in the results. Um, but there, there, there's more consistency in these numbers to compare like relative to the summer than maybe we thought or we expected. Now, now there is some change. Um, it's just, it's not dramatic. It would be more subtle and, and not necessarily insignificant, but, but kind of just subtle. And I think what you see, not surprisingly, in how long it's been since we could convene as normal, that there is, there is some increased interest and hunger in some of the questions that describe, you know, if we were to do something, would people actually come and check it out or participate? Or would people be willing, to, let's say, to, to say bring their kids to a program, especially kids that now have been in school? Like, there's some... Um, increased interest the, appetite. and the appetites there yeah. but yeah. as far as people to the questions and I don't know if you now want to get, get, get into some of these numbers but to the questions about should we change the course of what we've been doing as a church for the most part what we've seen kind of so far and I know we have some meetings coming up to keep discussing staying the course seems to be the the, the pulse which is similar to you know what people were sharing when we, when we did this this survey in the summer you want to talk about the numbers now? Sure. Yeah. Because I know there's basically the way, the way that I've heard you process it is there were kind of three main questions yeah. that create kind of a through line of how we process this data. Sure thing. Yeah. So, so kind of the, the, the bullseye question, you know, on the, to the, to the reopening question was the one where he said, given the current state of the pandemic and protocols in place, would you like to see Southridge reopen worship gatherings at 30% capacity of our facilities at this time? So we asked that same question in August, you know, anticipation of the fall. We're asking it now, kind of, you know, as we were anticipating turning over the calendar into the new year. Um, so that number in the summer was 24%, that about one out of four people would say, yes, I'd like to see us do that. Um, that number now is 31%. So again, a slight uptick, but not some kind of dramatic change. But But to sort of the, yes, I'd like to see us reopen people at 31% would say yes. Um, 45% would say no compared to that was 49% in August. So that's where you see some of the shift, but it's, it's about consistent. And then we've still had an undecided option, recognizing it can be hard to know what you feel or think in this time. So uh, giving sort of acknowledging that and integrity to that 24% would say undecided. So that was kind of the, the, that's the sort of first question of where are people at? What are people longing for? The second question 
that is sort of the, the part of the through line of how we analyzed what, what are people really wanting or how would they respond or behave? We had asked a question, same one as in August, of if we did open, what would your response be? Would you come right away, kind of ask a question, would you might just kind of check it out and see how it feels? Would you wait and see and kind of hear what other people are saying? Or would you prefer to hold off really until, you know, until we hit that vaccine level? So we asked that question again. And um, to the response of I'll be there as soon as we open, that was 19% in the summer. That's now 29%. So that was a, 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 a bit of a bigger jump. Yeah, right? that's a change. Yeah, that, that, that's a bit of a shift. But you went from 31% who would say, yes, I think we should open. 29% who said, I'll be there. So that's, those were actually a little closer where we, we saw kind of a drop off in the summer. It went from 24% to 19%. This is 31 to 29 if people are still hopefully following the, the way I'm describing this. And then the third question uh, that we had asked, again, really drilling into what would we prefer and kind of what would our actual actions or behaviors be between a live service or the online service? You know, we shared, uh, we, sort of, I'll, I'll read the question here. Um, which response? Yeah, just, given the protocols. Yeah, right? which response yeah. would describe your perspective on whether in-person worship gatherings with all these protocols, you know, we're obviously wearing masks, we're physically distanced, we're not supposed to sing, we can't receive communion, you know, we, we can't interact, we probably wouldn't be able to safely provide ch- kids programming and stuff. Would you prefer that or would you still prefer online services? That was kind of then the final crux question. In August, at the end, end, end of the day, only 12% of people said they'd prefer an in-person experience subject to all those protocols compared to what we're doing online. Now, again, that shifted a little bit. It's still less than the, the sort of yes votes, so to speak, but it's 24%. Uh, so that, that number's actually doubled, where 24% would say they would prefer something in person, even in spite of all the protocols and guidelines compared to the online service. So that is now about one in four people feeling that. So again, that's, that's the through line where 31% in this survey said, yes, we'd like to see us reopen. 29% said I'd be there. 24% when they think through all the protocol would say, yeah, actually I do still think that'd be preferable. Um, yeah, that was that compared yeah. to 24, 19 and 12. Yep. The first, the first go around. Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. people are following that and that's kind of been some of the sort of the box score questions we've focused yeah. on around the reopening question. And knowing, uh, you know, knowing that we're right in the middle of these town hall meetings, we're trying to digest this data mm. and debrief it together as a church family. You know, h- how does this data shape a- at least the initial gut of our leadership's thinking on reopening? Yeah, I, I think it it tells us that there's this increased appetite, which doesn't surprise us at all because not all of us know this is not ideal. And we as leaders are desperate for the opportunity to experience the, the power of convening and worship together. And so it's not surprising, frankly, you know, you'd expect to see that increased hunger. But I think at first blush, it does kind of feel like I'm not sure enough has changed. And actually someone even said in the in the comments, I mean, there's lots of open-ended comments that you try to sift through to get, again, the pulse, and those are very helpful. One comment was somebody saying, I don't think enough has changed in the pandemic to feel like there's a, a different kind of decision we should we should make. And, and I think 
that's probably some of what we're initially feeling or reacting to. But again, through the t- these town halls, you know, you're going to be getting a more heart to heart conversational version of that as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny. I, if I was just to speak personally, I actually anticipated the results to be quite different. Hmm. I, I, you know, when you were talking earlier about the appetite and I would say even the comfort level, I mean, we know more about the virus. We know more about where it it generally focuses as far as the the real significant impact of it. Um, Our comfort levels around the protocols and around mask wearing, you know, in shopping malls and restaurants and things like that. Uh, The comfort level of, you know, being in relationship, albeit with protocols, kids at school, stuff like Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. Uh, and all of the other intangibles of aloneness and lack of community and even the comparable of seeing other churches reopen and wondering why we're not reopening. Sure. Like I, 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 I thought it was actually going to rebound quite significantly. And, uh, you know, where it was maybe 80-20 or 75-25 or whatever, somewhere in that range, the first survey, I thought, ooh, this is going to be a lot tougher decision because this is going to be a lot closer to like a 50-50 if not a 40, 60 split, I would have been surprised if it, if it teetered on the side of now let's, let's, let's get going. It's time to reopen. And it, certainly there was a shift, but I'm surprised actually how negligible of, of a shift it was. Mm-hmm. And for me, I mean, this is where the town halls I hope can, can speak into and provide a little bit more color to the conversation because I'd be like with that, with that negative, with that negligible of a shift, in contrast to what I probably expected to be a much more drastic shift. When you think about navigating this, both in a season where it seems like the the caseloads are going up and I mean, we've vaulted to level orange and may find ourselves soon vaulted to level red. And you know, the province is kind of tightening up in that regard. And we're headed into the dead of winter Mm -hmm. where people generally hibernate and are less, motivated to show up to an in-person gathering if it involves getting up a half hour early and snow blowing their driveway. I'm, I'm not sure with this data, there's nearly enough overwhelming uh, drive to, again, put ourselves in that extra risk and, uh, and, and, and take a different tack. Yeah. So uh, I'm certainly curious as to what everyone in the town hall meetings uh, has to provide but I would say that for me, the 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 input that we received in this survey uh, was only negligibly different than the first go round, even though I probably would have expected it to be markedly different. So I'm not well, sure if that's what you're feeling, but that that would have been my gut. Yeah, and it's it's hard to feel like I, I was just thinking the exact same thing that we're not significantly affected by these. Just the, the week that we've been doing this survey together is a, is another week where we are just seeing the second wave intensify and the predictions that are being made about December and whatnot, like that, that the, this second wave is only seeming to, to, to get worse before it gets better. Um, and there's all those winter dynamics. It's interesting, but there could be a couple perspectives on that. I was thinking it made me think of a couple of the, the open-ended comments, you know, one, one parent voiced, uh, just the very comment to say they, they, even if they feel that they're in a place that they could be comfortable bringing their kids to a service, given everything we're managing, they, they could hardly imagine kind of bringing them in the middle of winter, especially when it's, you know, the snowy days like you're talking about and and again the 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 risk of cold and flu season that 
they'd rather wait till spring, even though at some level they could get their head around bringing their kids somewhere. That was kind of one version of a comment where another person was saying as they were anticipating winter, you know, have we become more nimble as a church? You know, we've now had a long stretch of actual public in-person gatherings canceled. Could we not, if we were to give this a try, could we not give it a try and just treat all of this way more like inclement weather, including when there's inclement weather to say, hey, hey, we got to, you know, cancel that one no big deal. Or yeah, cases are too bad. We're going to cancel. Now, obviously that could create all kinds of other chaos, but that was someone else's perspective to say, can we give something a try? And can't we just respond as necessary? Because have we learned how to be more nimble through this? So there's, there's some different perspectives as we go into winter for sure, but those are just a couple of, of examples. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to speak to that and, and spend a bit of time on that because I know one of the, one of the biggest areas uh, of concern for us is ensuring that everyone can experience community, hmm. that we're staying connected, even though we've been unable to gather. And I know that, it, you know, you and I and conversations we've been having this fall season was a far greater concern to that end. Uh, if you look at the spring, I mean, the spring was chaos for all of us. We were basically under lockdown. The world was kind of upside down. And I think anything that the church provided people appreciated and then in the summer, you know, Tom Lone and I talked about this in a podcast a few weeks ago. Um, the summer is always kind of a, a season of drift when it comes to the church. And that's a good thing. There's a laid back um, nature to it. Yeah. Yeah. People vacation. And this year, I think, given the limited travel capacities, people try to vacation more, do more camping, you know, more cottaging, you know, even more hiking, yard work, whatever. And so I think as a society, we kind of embrace that. But what typically happens is, you know, that Labor Day weekend to at least Thanksgiving, that whole what we call launch season, that helps reclaim our community and recover all of us from that sense of drift and get mm-hmm. us kind of back into the routine, back with the program and back together. And I know that this fall, with the pandemic continuing and our lack of in-person large group gatherings, what we felt is that that drift has just continued. Mm. And so I'd be curious to know, you know, based on some preliminary review of the data and the, the feedback, like what's your pulse of how people are feeling about their connection to Southridge these days? Yeah. And you know what? It, it's fascinating when you read through the comments because that's where you you see the variety that, that it, it can be quite across the spectrum. Right. The answer is it depends, doesn't it? Yeah. It's kind of, it depends. It's fascinating. I, I had a conversation with someone this morning, this is outside a survey, but just in the, the, the pulse where they would have shared that they're not sure they've ever been more engaged in kind of their, their, their faith and how the church is helping support that and drive that and, and just so tuned in to what we're trying to do and be about, even though it is a little more limited in, in ways you participate in it, maybe programmatically, but that they feel as engaged as ever, which is fascinating because you definitely also talk to folks who have felt a little bit lost or when we've used this word drift a fair bit, like feel somewhat untethered and we're trying to help overcome that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, was interesting. One one of the questions that we asked different, that was different, you know, in this fall survey was what are the things that are keeping you uh, engaged? Um, and kind of listed everything we have been trying to still 
modify in its in its experience and its programming. I mean, yeah, certainly yeah. The, the top three, uh, the, the online service is the one obviously most accessible to everybody. So it was not surprisingly the the, the largest by by a long shot. But existing life groups, which we we know can be a backbone to community and to our church, that was significant. Financial giving was also another place where people said, "Hey, th- this is a way I still." No, I'm a, a steward and a, and a contributor to and an owner of this community in the way my my giving is part of my discipline. And then there was this smattering among all the other things of you know the short term groups we've offered, the virtual lobby, which you know some some people have found great benefit in, but it's kind of a you know a smaller crowd. Anchor cause you know involvement, obviously a, a little more scaled back these days. Um, so I think there's some ways where in some of those other environments we want to we want to uh, find. Make sure we're crystal clear about the ways you can be involved and connected these days and make sure as we go into the next season, we're, we're communicating that stuff clearly. I know our family ministry team has been working, you know, they're, they're doing different things with different student levels, you know, riot age kids are now having a, a zoom experience on Sunday mornings. Um, probably one of the, the most noticeable changes of sort of this appetite for greater engagement, greater connectivity was among the questions we asked directly to parents who have kids at home about both their comfort levels for their kids to participate in things and their interest for their kids to participate in things. And, and generally that we were jumping from like 25% maybe interested in an in-person thing to over 50% um, and asking for more of that. I know our family ministry team has been in the process of kind of responding to and and, and creating s- some more ways to, to help our kids feel connected as well. And I think that helps a family be connected in that particular example or stage of life. So those are some things I'm seeing, feeling, hearing, um, in the data. And yeah, I was going to say, what did the, what did you feel the survey revealed about connectivity in life groups, people's spiritual growth, uh, the impact of family ministry, you know, any of those things you want to comment on any of that? Yeah. Hard to, I mean, I don't know if we have anything clear enough to help us at a sort of a spiritual growth level, but I mean, you do see that the majority of people in life groups have stayed connected with life groups and are finding ways to, to touch base there. Um, and again, you're, you're trusting, and this is the conversations we have with life group leaders that that's creating a, an environment for growth. Um, yeah, I, I think folks that maybe have had a harder time staying engaged with the online service or, or who some of the online stuff hasn't been as easy for them to get their kids kind of hooked into in a regular way. Some of, some of them would be voicing some of the, some of the struggle or the drift or, or looking to, to sort of be re-anchored or re-tethered a little bit. So again, it's, it's a bit across the board and yeah. sometimes a bit hard to put your finger on what, what the, the predominant experience is. Um. I guess a similar question when you're talking about kind of drift and drift recovery, did the survey stimulate any other strategies or thinking about fostering community and helping people connect? Hmm. Because kind of spoiler alert that, that really for me is what the purpose of these town hall meetings uh, is all about to hear from people. Hey, if the data represents our collective heart and we're still biasing quite strongly towards not reopening for, you know, all of our South specific reasons. Um, you know, we want to be increasingly sensitive to that sense of drift and to do as much drift recovery as we can. Did you, did you get a sense from the survey that any ideas emerged? Some, uh, I think some of the really helpful ideas that, that, that were in comments or, 
that were evidence in, in sort of the, the, the response to the questions were around, are there ways to keep leveraging smaller group or even you might describe it as smaller gathering experiences? Like I think even these short-term groups we've done this fall, they're intended to have a small group, life group style, sort of a sort of taste of life group to them. Some of them are a little bit bigger that they actually have 20 to 30 people, you know, safely spread right, out in the right. lobby. And there is something in that. And a few people had commented on, are there ways to do more of that? You know, I know some churches have tried, say, what they've described as the watch party, where if you're still just predominantly creating an, uh, an online experience, are there ways for people to get together and take that in together? Some people have tried that in home church type ways. Again, we're trying to encourage appropriate uh, following of the guidelines and cautiousness. And, and that gets harder and harder in, in smaller spaces. But people are asking questions about that. Is there a ways for certain segments of the community to participate in that potentially, you know, at the building? Um, one person shared an idea of what if we created uh, some Zoom groups and meetings of people that were on volunteer teams together? Because some of the volunteer teams are not activated in the same way. If you were on a you know, a greeting team. Yeah, first impressions team. Exactly. Right? Could they could you, create completely like, inactive? Right. And so there's someone asked, Hey, could we create some kinds of, rather than just a general virtual lobby, or maybe in addition to that kind of thing, could a min- ministry specific teams be organized to get together, even if it's in a, you know, an online uh, format of some kind. So yeah. trying to create sort of small to midsize pockets of connection and there probably is lots of those ideas could probably just keep spinning us into more ideas. Some of those are being mentioned and asked for. Um, so I think we could keep trying to play with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And anything at this point, uh, you know, knowing it's end of November, 1st of December, that you feel as we look to the new year, reopening or not, um, if we're listening and we're hungry to experience greater degrees of connection and community, mm that uh that you feel like we can look forward to yeah i I mean another part of the the conversation one of the conversations i was in earlier today with someone from our community was just um how much more self-motivated and self-directed this season of our our it feels like this season is demanding of our faith now we want to walk with and support and resource and inspire as we believe the church and being, and we, we need each other. Faith is not a solo sport. So we want to provide that. And yet there, there is some truth to that, that there's a, we, we need to choose to engage in what's available. That, that is a first choice that we have to make. Um, we're hoping that, I mean, we're hoping we have a great remainder of the fall and Christmas season together. Again, even as we're doing things in different ways or from a distance, but also, we've already been talking about how in January, it's going to be a new year. And this year has been a crazy year. But how do we take that calendar turn, even while we're still navigating COVID, to really reset and restart all of our faith journeys? It's never a bad time to, to, to kind of reclaim, restart, recommit. And, and out of that, certainly, there's much resourcing we're going to continue providing that as we choose to engage it, it can fuel our faith. And at a communal level... Uh, I mean, there's lots of ways to still know that we're in this together. Again, it's amazing how many people describe just even participating in the service at 10 a.m. When they do it at Sunday morning at 10 a.m., there is a different sensation than when they don't, knowing there's a yeah. there's a togetherness. Um, yeah. Beyond that, I mean, I'd certainly keep preaching to all of our existing life groups, or if you're you're not like to to be in each other's corners, to be each other's champions of each other's faith life, and and sort of discipling each other that way. And if you're not in a group, 
we want to still find ways to help you get connected. And we'll probably, we, we don't have this menu confirmed yet, but we anticipate another round of short-term groups kind of late January, early February into the winter season. Again, not knowing, will most of those be online? Will some be at the church? That kind of thing, like we did this fall, still to be determined. But those are going to be places where we create the smaller to even mid-size environments of community to be in this together. You said at the very beginning of this, we've been committed to, to keep doing all of this together. And we want that to be true for people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, I mean, you mentioned that I'm looking forward to is that New Year's series. Mm. That Because I'm hearing that a lot. Just people emotionally desperate to hit the 2020 reset button. Yeah. And so, you know, to, to walk people through a month in January of how we can hit the reset button with God and personally and with those closest to us mm. and in our relationships and even with the church. Um, I think that that people are hungry for that and I'm excited yeah. to, to see God do that. Yeah. And again, yeah. it starts, it starts with the choice to actually keep engaging, to actually, you know, at a service, all again, I know. to tune in, right. To, to, yeah. to, to, to be a part of what God is doing among us does take it always that first choice to keep stepping into it, keep stepping into yeah. it and allow it to, to shape your own life. Yeah. Well, listen, Jeff, thanks for being here. And thanks to all of you listening in. Uh, if you haven't been able to be a uh, part of last week's uh, town hall meetings, we still have some uh, tonight, tomorrow and Wednesday. And uh, so if you can catch one of those at a location near you, uh, we would love to engage in this conversation in person uh, if you're comfortable. But I uh, just really appreciate you uh, continuing to navigate this pandemic with us together and continuing to allow God personally and together as a community to grow us as a church as we continue finding our way. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Take care, everybody. Take care.